0: What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and this is another episode of The Facts Project. Today, special guest, writer, artist, self-publisher of Ronin Digital Express. We have Renton Hawkey here. Thank you for joining us, sir.
1: Grandmaster, good to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. So, um, to get started, uh, okay, out of a whim, you know, uh, basically, uh, we got to talking to each other sonically through Twitter, Mm -hmm. and generally like how a lot of indie comic book publishers do, you know, in order for the midst of, of them getting seen, you know, you reached out to me and and basically told me about your story and I got a chance to, to read through it on Substack, And I gotta say, man, I am really impressed. um, I'm loving your work so far.
1: Thank you, man. I really appreciate that.
0: So, so for anybody that has never gotten to to know your background, you're from Mm -hmm. Madison, Wisconsin, you're starting comics. How did this happen?
1: So I initially saw myself as being like a comics writer, um, and I like told versions of the story before. I'll try to give you like the canned version. Um, Yeah, I saw myself initially as a writer. Um, I had written like a handful of you know pitch projects or whatever, uh, and I was I was trying to find like an artist to collaborate with. Uh, The thing that was that I was a little weird about was that I kind of imagined myself as being a writer, but I also I could draw, like I would draw characters and stuff. So I, I thought I would like design like the characters and also just do the writing and then hand the development material off to some artist and be like, you know, hey, here you go. They have to look like this, uh, you know, you fill in the rest. Um, so yeah, I, I would search for collaborators um, and I, I joined up with a couple artists here and there to do some of these projects and just didn't pan out for, you know, various reasons. And, uh, you know, one day, you know, might've been my wife was just like, well, you draw, what, why not just draw the whole thing? Like, what are you, what are you half an ass, what are you half asking it for? You know, just like drawing characters and stuff. Why not, you know, do the whole thing. So I was like, all right, I'll do the whole thing. And, you know, not realizing how much I still had to learn. Uh, you know, it took me a few years to kind of get caught up and, and, and kind of, you know, learn the basics, going to YouTube university and watching a ton of videos and reading a ton of books uh, and so yeah, it really kind of just came out of, um, you know, I always wanted to write comics. Uh, and then at some point, it just kind of clicked like, well, hey, you know, why not just do it all yourself. Um, you know, that way, there's no hurt feelings if a project doesn't fall through. And you also kind of have the final, you know, director's cut of everything, it just gets to be whatever your vision for it is. And, uh, and yeah, it's just downhill ever since, I guess.
0: Nice, man, and 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 see, that's kind of wonderful that you got you got you actually got a Kendrick spirit in your wife that basically was like, you know what, suck it up, start drawing. Yeah, <laughs> you're putting this out yourself. <laughs>
1: yeah, she uh, she like like any good woman keeps you honest for sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So um, well, in in the midst of like putting this together, like like when we're talking about uh somebody who is not only a writer but also an artist, like. It is it, is it conflicting that you, um, when you write a story and all of a sudden the artist is like, uh, puts puts the panels to page and it's not generally what you visioned in your head. The visuals aren't exactly how you put them or better yet the details in what you put down are just not adding up to how you saw it in your head. You're so, so the imagination is just disappointed.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh... Yeah, that, that is very stereotypical, I would say. <laughs> Probably most artists, but definitely mine. Um, yeah, I, I, that was kind of, I did do some writing um, and managed to get like a couple of short comics Yeah, uh, off the ground with artists. And like some of the novelty around collaboration was, you know, you do kind of have like a fixed idea in your head as a writer of like how you want it to look, but might be wrong you might be thinking of it like a movie uh or you know it might like cinematography kind of ways uh, and that's not necessarily always gonna work for a comic so some of the novelty of collaborating was just seeing what artists would do with you know your writing um and you'd get stuff back and be like oh like that looks that looks a lot better than i thought it would uh and you pleasantly surprised through that process whereas yeah when 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 it's you um you do have this sort of platonic ideal in your head mm. and it doesn't always match on paper and i would i would say at least for me you know i'm still fairly green you know i'm still starting out uh, in a lot of ways um there are those moments where you surprise yourself and you're like oh that actually looks better than i thought but that's like 10 percent of the time and most of the time it's just you know I just, just got to move on, you know, and then you hope that when you look back on it, you're like, ah, that turned out okay.
0: Yeah, because I've heard stories of where um, some writers have gotten their artwork back from, from generally their artists in general, and they've had to start rewriting their story. Yeah. <laughs> does, yeah. that, does that happen often?
1: That I can't speak to that. Um, I do think that kind of, I can say at least one of the benefits of doing it uh, kind of just on your own is that you can be a, a very lazy writer. Like, uh, you know, if I sent you like a script, it, it's not, you know, it's the opposite of like Alan Moore, you know, where Alan Moore has this just deep prose uh, in all of his uh, scripts or whatever, right. or Grant Morrison or someone like that. Um, for me, it's just, you know, panel one, shocked look, and then like a line of dialogue or something like that. And then I'm just like, I'll figure it out at the, the artistic stage, you know, cause I, I have to put together the composition. At that point in the process, so I don't really I don't really do too much beyond like stage directions and the writing side. Uh, and but then, you know what will happen sometimes is you'll get to the page, and you'll be like, I initially kind of figured maybe there'd be six panels here, but uh, that's too busy. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to do some in-flight repairs and get it down to four panels or something like that. Or you know, I think I've got a few too many pages here. I gotta try to fold a few into, you know, get a shorter overall page count. Uh, so that's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like it's it's good because you just sort of have, you know, arbitrary authoritarian edit all the way through where you right. just make whatever decision you want and there's nobody grumbling about it except yourself. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I think it just kind of, it, it must just boil down to like a personality type thing. You know, if you like a little bit of organized chaos, then maybe doing it all yourself is the way to go. Um, and then, yeah, if you're someone who's maybe a little bit more, uh, better at like maybe the project management side of it um, yeah running a team might be a little bit better for you
0: definitely so let, let's talk uh running digital express so futuristic spaghetti western am i now now from just basically um, basically me seeing the descriptions of i'm sensing uh a lot of kurosawa i'm sensing, oh, yeah. uh a ton of clint eastwood i'm seeing a man with no name you yeah. know the uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, like, w- w- what, what made you go there? Was it like, did you binge one night, and it was like, yeah, that's it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you nailed it um, in terms of the description. Uh, you know, I think that there are some influences I'm bringing to it from, you know, that have been with me for a long time. Things like 90s anime, you know, yeah. uh, right? Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop, Trigun stuff from Matomo,
0: uh, you know, to The North Star.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's D there's some of that DNA in there for sure. Um, so that's stuff that's, you know, maybe always appealed to me, uh, Samurai shampoo, some of the, you know, some of the stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've always liked that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I was kind of a late comer uh, you know, to, uh, like, uh, spaghetti Westerns and Kurosawa and stuff. It was really, you know sort of a covet thing honestly where you know everyone has a COVID hobby i guess mine was classic film mm-hmm. um and and yeah i just uh you're right i just kind of got into it and i was like this just this clicks like i'm really uh and then along the way you know you read a little bit of stuff online here and there about the movies you're watching and um finding that there's there's really just a lot of um Overlap between sort of like the Chanbara samurai movie and like the western. You know, they have mm. a lot of the same tropes. I mean, you know, you mentioned Kurosawa, Yojimbo, and A Fistful of Dollars. You know, you probably know they're it's a yeah. direct remake, right? I mean, it's like almost oh, it word for yeah. word. Yeah. So, um, and I don't not a licensed one either. I think there was a lawsuit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they they're just so complementary that uh, just kind of all those things swimming together. I was like, I just I just want to want to do something with this you know and I, I kind of felt that maybe the way to kind of have your cake and eat it too would be to put it way off in the future Um and just kind of have the setting be a little bit of an unspecified you know cataclysm apocalypse thing happen at some point we're not really going to worry too much about that the story's not about you know how did this happen It's just mm-hmm. all background noise um i wouldn't call it post apocalyptic you know it's more like mid reconstruction society is starting to kind of come back but right. they don't have an they don't have an internet they don't have you know all this communication so you get to have like hovercraft but you know also the western style of i got to get you know from town to town by foot and there's no email and there's no text messages and things like that so you can kind of get the technology that makes it interesting and a little futuristic but leave behind anything that might kind of get in the way of the western thing so yeah right. i mean it just all kind of came together um like that
0: yeah like i even saw like the little bit of uh excerpts of digital currency uh that the, that the uh, that he was going through like as far as like yeah. the the means and the ways like it, it was almost like a version of bitcoin as to how he was profiting his yeah. Yeah. through each through each scene and the thing is it seems like every segment of it every every single episode that you that you're post the issue that you're posting mm-hmm. is a totally different story than than the last one yeah it, it's literally like he's a wanderer
1: yeah yeah I mean you uh caught me you know, guilty on all counts um and uh yeah that's uh that's one of the things I was when I was listening to some episodes of yours I was like Man, he asks a really good questions, so I know no matter what we're we're gonna have a, a good conversation. So uh, that's proving true. But um, yeah, yeah, no, you you caught me on both counts. Um, the digital currency thing was sort of like a a thing that um, you know I'm not like a I'm not like a crypto bro myself, okay. uh, but you know, it just seems interesting, like an interesting way to do mm-hmm. you know the money thing and kind of wink at the real world a little bit. Um, and there, yeah, there are a few kind of throwaway lines. I don't know if they've been in episodes so far, but they're probably in some forthcoming chapters, um, where there's a bit of a suggestion that there is like a fiat, there's like a dollar, you know, like a, Mm. like a paper currency that is not quite as valuable as the digital currency is. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of winking at the real world. This was, I mean, I put all this in, in, uh, into play way, way before the NFT stuff. And now that's a whole yeah controversial I don't you know I don't want to lick that frozen pole Uh, that's a whole controversial thing in the community Um, so yeah there's no just seemed like it was a cool piece of technology there's no uh, you know uh, it's not some sort of hidden endorsement or anything but yeah yeah I thought it would add some interesting flavor to the world Uh, and then yeah you're right I mean the the archetype of sort of the man with no name uh, you know kung fu Uh, that sort of thing, just the wandering loner going from town to town, getting into these serialized pulpy adventures. I just, I really dig stories like that. And, you know, I I did run in digital express as just kind of an exercise to to do a comic. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But
1: I wanted a concept that was like that, you know, relied a lot on uh, kind of tropes and archetypes that we kind of have built in. So, uh, you know, pop culture hands you a pretty big cheat sheet uh, there, people just recognize this stuff you don't have to do a whole lot of like backfilling on exposition people just know it when they see it you know um and then yeah making it serialized and not really having you know having kind of a minimalistic overall plot and just being more episodic and more pulpy with it leaves it open-ended you know so if i get to the end of my my current run with it and i you know people seem to really dig it uh i can do more because it's just kind of easy to do more
0: yeah uh, now you've you've had the opportunity of course um when of course the the newest medium on the block when Substack came online uh they did something very unique they basically they grabbed a bunch of uh comic writers authors artists and pretty much just provided them with a medium in which they could create on their own and it and it brought a lot of mainstream authors and artists to basically get the opportunity to do their own independent comics that they've always wanted to do themselves for the indie community it pretty much provided another landscape medium for them to tool their craft Mm. and what are what are the advantages that you see now with substack coming online
1: yeah Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, The things that I think appeal to me the most, um, you know, I know there's some people probably know I used to be on Webtoon with Ronan Digital Express. I did a handful of episodes on Webtoon um, and moved from there to Ronan Digital, or I'm sorry, moved from there uh, to Substack. Uh, primarily for just sort of workflow reasons. Uh, Webtoon, uh, you know, has very strict content moderation. Um, You also have to kind of like reformat stuff into a very specific format. So it just kind of slowed down my workflow a little bit. And I always felt like, you know, well, if if I ever wanted to take, you know, Ronin or something else into a bit more of like a you know, like a grindhouse direction or something like that. Um, th- there's just no way you could do that on Webtoon because they're very, you know, I would say fairly conservative with with content moderation. So, so yeah, I was kind of looking to break up. Um, nothing against Webtoon, of course. There's a huge community there. Um, and if you have the right project, um, you know, you can do really well there. So, yeah, absolutely no, uh, no hard feelings or anything. Um, but, yeah, I was looking around thinking about, you know, tapas and, and other places like that. And Substack just ended up kind of being the new kid on the block. Um, And the reasons for the move, I think, um, ultimately were, you know, one, really, really easy to use. Uh, Just like I set it up in just like an hour or two. Mm. Um, And like, you know, you log into your back end, scheduling is really easy. You can schedule months in advance. Um, The analytics are pretty easy to read. They're right there in your face. They kind of tell you here are the high points, here are the low points, um, you know, all that stuff. Um, And, you know, nothing I'm describing right now is anything you couldn't get from like setting up WordPress in a particular way, but, you know, they set it up for you. So why set up WordPress? Um, So, you know, that's probably reason one is just how easy it is to use. Reason two being, you know, the content moderation stuff just seems to be a lot more lax. Um, Reason three, I would say um the investment within the investment in comics uh is is just kind of a an interesting thing uh to your point uh, to your point not only are they courting pretty big name creators um you know they're also talking about I, i can't remember what company it was but they did acquire a company that would kind of um create sort of a as far as i understand it would be like a web comic reading experience kind of an app right
0: I heard so right, about that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's just sort of a straight blog post kind of a reading style where, you know, you just kind of get like the big JPEG page or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, like a blog post would be, but you know, someday once they figure out the uh, the technology that they bought and they can implement that, it could be more of a, you know, like a Marvel unlimited reading experience um, kind of thing. So yeah, they're investing in the tech, they're investing in the, the talent, to mm-hmm. me, that's a company saying, you know, we really want uh, to pursue this market, and who yeah. doesn't want to be where they're wanted, you know?
0: Yeah, who yeah. who doesn't want to be in the comics business, especially? It seems like more than most digitally seems to now be the way to go. I mean, I ain't, I'm not gonna front. I love my print, you know, but yeah. but you know, there's a lot of people that have skirted away dc has are doing exclusive comics for for webtoons there's mm-hmm. marvel comics that you can only get on marvel unlimited yeah. um and then of course there's the big one there's Comicsology. so mm-hmm. and so Substack just joining this group of a means that people can access digital comics is I guess right for the course because everybody seems to be just jumping in this direction anyway yeah yeah
1: Yeah, I think that's intuitive. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, I remember when mobile gaming was kind of a new thing. And, uh, you know, I was even someone who was just so broken by the console, uh, you know, that I I couldn't imagine, like, why would I play a game on my phone? Like, where's the controller? You know, it Mm -hmm. sounded like a, you know, 60 year old man or something while I was in my 20s like I'm never gonna do that and then now you know mobile gaming is you know now that you've seen it done well it's like no shit like like of course yeah so all it's gonna take is is gonna be um you know some some really good innovative comics apps kind of doing the same thing and and yeah I think it could really create a much wider market than print which I'm with you you know I mean I have you probably see it back there I mean (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit far away, but I've got the long boxes and I've got the giant omnibuses of, you know, Age of Apocalypse and Spider-Man Clone Saga. I love print, too, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you just kind of. You got to change with the times, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you find digital comics to be a lot faster production because because of the fact that you're a with Substack, you're able to put it out like at your whim, you schedule it the way that you want to schedule it. So it's like. I have no niches to worry about an outside source, a printer, and sure. and letterer. Well, you're you're the letterer, so the thing is, like, you gotta yeah. wait for you're waiting for your printing and your screening to come out. And there's there's one more hurdle or barrier, just basically tying you up from putting it out. Is is that the reason that you are exclusively digital?
1: Well, um, I think um, I think I'm only exclusively digital because I'm still starting out. Um, okay. so, so really what my intention is, is I, I want to build a body of work. So mm-hmm. I, I would like to, you know, when conventions come back and when it's safe to go to conventions, uh, you know, I, I would like to be, you know, maybe a few years from now, um, shaking hands with, uh, editors and introducing myself to people. Um, and I would like to have something out there to point to mm-hmm. that I did, you know, or a few, a couple things ideally it would be would be the best mm-hmm. uh, you know not that anybody would have you know oh like you know oh sure I've heard of you like that's not necessarily what I'm going for but just to be able to to say you know here's three projects I self-published they're complete like they're done um, uh, and this is just they're, they're good it's a good appetizer sampler of what I can do mm-hmm. um, that's something that I I can't remember exactly where I heard it but um, one of those insider tips that you get about talking to editors, um, you know, portfolio of like pictures of Spider-Man is just not really a way to go anymore. Like what they want to see is they want to see, you know, you ran a successful Kickstarter campaign or five, or, you know, you have a web comic that you've been self-published they want to see that like, a you can do it, mm-hmm. but also you can like finish something, you know? Right. So like, if, if you bring them like a pitch project that's got like five finished pages, and they're like the best pages they've ever seen, but you don't have anything that you've actually like finished. It's like, can be kind of a red flag, you know? Um, So that's mostly the the goal with digital for me. I would love to do print stuff, um, whether on my own through Kickstarter, or, you know, if I worked with like an indie publisher or something like that, that's totally in the cards. Um, I'm definitely interested in that, but for right now, you know, I'm just Taking my time, building a body of work, uh, doing the reps or, you know, whatever cliche you wanna want you wanna use there. Yeah. Um, that's really what I'm up to right now.
0: Dope. Now, yeah. now, even with a lot of indie publishers and a lot of indie comic creators, they have the option, of course, when when they're putting a lot of their projects out, they're going to Comic Cons, they're in Artist Alley, selling their stuff like, Like hotcakes, is their way of basically bolstering up their their budget for the year and kind of just having profit share of exactly what they're creating. But who's to say a person like yourself that right now is exclusive digitally? Even though you might want to move to print in the future, I've I've talked about this with friends of mine. You know, as as far as like who's to say that we don't go there one day and there's a person, uh, literally has their own booth, Mm -hmm. does not have any comics at their booth, but he's got qr codes literally yeah. built in yeah, on a yeah. phone right and all he's just telling you to do is hey come on over and just tap right. us in real quick you you'll be fine go ahead and yeah 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 all of a sudden he has access to your comics he can he can subscribe if he'd like to he can queue in and basically add his dollar amount if he wants to wants to continue the series so on and so forth yeah. i've been to comic cons where literally i've talked to friends i like one of these days there's gonna be a booth here with nothing in it, and just a dude yeah. with a QR code that is just getting mm. dollars on in because he's getting subscriptions. Everybody's got a phone. It's not mm. like it, he has the digital currency. You have a a comic based on digital currency, even though it's not really yeah. good, that, that a thing. Fake digital currency, you know, like, yeah. Like, bop, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, out yeah. of nowhere, you know, like you're getting sales in that in that way you yeah. know, like those guys show up there with their little squares, they're queuing them up to like the bottom of their iPods, and they're doing sales off the whim, literally off their phone anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Who's to say they will, I guarantee you, there will be a person one day. Yeah, that's gonna happen.
1: No, I'm I'm lighting up like a Christmas tree over here, because I think you're you're bang on like, that's 100%. You know, I mean, like, you, you might have like, sort of like a hybrid booth where like maybe they have some printed books or some prints or something like that. And, you know, I'm sure they'll have like their banners and and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, why not just instead of like a rack of business cards, why not just have like a big, you know, eight by 11 sheet of paper with a QR code that goes straight to your link tree right there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm I'm looking at all the, all the current creators that are basically on Substack and the next conventions that they show up to, they're going to want to plug their new work. Yeah. Those those comics aren't aren't in print. They're digital. So there has to be a means and a ways for the people to access them. So if I'm over there speaking to Tom King or Scott Snyder, who are also on Substack, yeah, they have to figure out a way in order for me to access that comic. It was Mm -hmm. like, okay, look, I got my Batman stuff that I wrote over here. That's fine. But I'm really passionate about this project. And here's my QR code. Boom. Yep. Yep. Done.
1: QR code, here's my comic, here's my Cash App, done.
0: Emails on there. Yeah. Done. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, on Substack, you can monetize too. That was another thing that I forgot to mention, was that if that was something that I wanted to do over time, you know, there, that capability is there too. But, but yeah, another thing that I thought, um, you know, not applicable to me and sort of my traffic numbers right now, but, uh, you know, anybody who was running, you know, a webcomic, uh, something that could be a cool idea, too, uh, would be you have this long-running webcomic, and then you just do kind of like the anime, like uh, OVA model, mm-hmm. where they'll have like the 22-episode season, and then they'll have like the, you know, two-hour movie or whatever. Um, you could do like your long running webcomic and then have like a special 50 page graphic novel Kickstarter that you run. That's just kind of like its own thing. So, you know, for me, that's red meat for me, right? Like if I'm a fan and I'm following a webcomic I really love, and there's this like, you know, separate story I can only get if I support the Kickstarter and maybe, you know, I get a bunch of bonuses like pins and stickers, maybe the production values are a little bit better, whatever it is. Of course I'm going to, buy into that you know exactly
0: yeah uh, there's a lot of creators out there that have patreons there's a lot of podcasters that have have exclusive shows that they have for for exclusive subscribers right so yeah. it's like it's yeah. it's, a, it's a win-win either way it depends on how much variety that creator has in order to bolster that you know so like it's it's, yep. it's gung-ho from there but we are dealing with the internet so it's like um so when you hear about like uh the uh, recently in the news with the comicsology update for for digital comic book readers to not have the access to panels that they would love that they were mm-hmm. that were that they were totally used to, and then all of a sudden there was this big update, and I' seen people like Pat and Oswald who from Parks and Recreation going like yeah. like, <laughs> what the fuck did you guys do is right. nuts you know so like i I saw that and and literally I think. I think Comicsology reached out to him and was like, look, it's not a big deal. It's only the first version of this update. <laughs> we can't <laughs> really say
1: shit like this on Twitter, Patton.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is like so uh, originally, I think it was um, how easily it was accessible on your iPhone and iPad that you could tap on a certain panel and it would blow up to the length and size of whatever phone or iPad you were using. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at the entire page as it would be shown on a comic book but yeah. yet i can't like physically throw it at my eyes so right. like you had people for one they they were losing comics because they had a, a boatload of their library on Comicsology, and then all of a sudden they were like some of the comics yeah. that I purchased disappeared they're getting wiped the out account. yeah right yeah. and then there was that whole the reading perspective of it so like is it a double-edged sword with the internet? Because of course, your phone has to have updates. Your iPad has to have the updates. You, even if you have an Android, your Android has updates. Mm-hmm. So, is it like, is it is it almost scarcity out there for people when they want to look at digital comics that possibly the internet might rule against you, and then, boom, that's it.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent it is. Um, I think that you know, for me, a lot of creatives um really get stuck in um this sort of options paralysis of like what's the right thing to do mm-hmm. as though you know if they just think about it a little bit more jesus will part the skies and give them the answer like is it that that's not the way it works everything is going to be trade offs you know yeah. so um for me i work 100% digitally uh the the benefits of that are i work faster which I have to because I do everything myself Mm -hmm. Um, and I can publish online, which means, you know, to your point, uh, I can get the content to whoever wants to read it uh, sooner and hundred percent of my terms. So those are benefits drawbacks. You're right. Uh, You know, if a company doesn't update, wipes you out uh, you know, I don't know, Russian EMP, whatever <laughs> thing. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But, you know, it's topical. Um, you know, whatever can wipe out everything you've ever done, you know, uh, and and there's just no evidence that you ever did anything. You yeah, know? It almost uh, like it's almost like you about. don't
0: exist. Your artwork or your work does not exist. Yeah,
1: because it's all pixels, right? Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, and then, like, another drawback is I don't have, like, um, you know, if I became a big shot and I, you know, was drawing Spider-Man or something like that, which it's not really in the cards for me, but if I did, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't have original art to sell. And that's like a big revenue stream for, uh, for a lot of creators. So yeah, there are definitely downsides, but, you know, then the upside is I have a lot of friends who pour thousands of dollars into printing books that, uh, you know, maybe just, never materialize you know um,
0: or yeah, sitting, sitting with a garage full of full of uh just print books
1: yeah so, print. yeah but I, it's in print it exists it's real but um yeah that's the trade-off right so yeah. it's all true i just see it all as trade-offs so I, I you know i would like to hedge my bets in any way i can uh work digitally for now because it's just the easiest and most efficient thing i can do uh, but yeah i mean in the future i mean i wrote um i did some drawing for uh, friends uh, project. Um, i did like a short
0: okay for him I get that, it. Uh, yeah, anthology?
1: So, uh he had like a mini series through um comics experience and i think idw
0: oh nice or, no it
1: was it was it was, was, was sourcepoint press was the was the publisher mm. um, so i yeah but he it was like a three issue miniseries his name so his name I, I should plug him uh milton lawson okay at citizen milton on twitter uh he's a writer okay uh, so he wrote a three-issue miniseries that's like a noir a really interesting kind of like quirky noir space detective kind of thing um almost like futurama levels of weird but played more straight than that um blade runner-ish not quite blade runner-ish it's a i think his pitch was it would his pitch for it was uh, like Christopher Hitchens solving crimes in space mm. or something like this. So it's, it's, just really like, you know, arrogant, uh, but eloquent cigar, you know, cigarette smoking, whiskey, swilling guy who's just getting in all this trouble solving murder cases. Right. Um, mm. So a lot of fun. It was a three issue miniseries. He needed a little bit more back matter for the trade. Mm-hmm. um so i wrote and drew like a five or six page story so i like i do have like physical you know printed material that i've worked on um and yeah certainly there's more of that i would like to do at some point but yeah for right now um yeah it's primarily digital play i guess i feel like i got off my train tracks a little bit there I apologize but uh, no nah,
0: you nah, you're totally good man there's nothing wrong yeah. with plugging it now now what is the need um for, do you feel as though that there is a need for comic publishers to have an accompanying newsletter? You have it with Rent Space.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I th- it's really a thing I have because I was told I need to have it, <laughs> so it's just kind of one of those uh, marketing um, uh, best practices i guess um it's been useful for me just because it's been nice to have a place to put things that i'm doing that aren't specifically ronan digital express uh and nice to have like a sort of a blog type thing where i can do some like behind the scenes stuff um but you know i i don't know i try to it's a good it's a good place to have here's I'll, I'll quit filibustering. Here's kind of the reason why a newsletter makes sense if you can get a lot of people to subscribe. Um, if you post something on Instagram or you post something on Twitter, right, like 5% of your followers are going to see one post in a given time, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have like your own subscriber list, then the number of people who can see that is. At, you know, I mean, not usually your, all of your subscribers will read everything, but you know, like a good click-through rate might be like 40% or something like that. So that's close to like half your audience. Right. So it's just a much more, uh, motivated audience to actually read what you have posting and, and, and it, it also goes to their inbox. So it's, there's no chance they're going to miss it in the algorithm somewhere, you know? Right. So just a bit more of a captive audience, um, also, if they're going to go the extra mile and like give you their email address, they're probably also more likely to buy something if you ask them to buy something. So that's kind that's of a, a perk. So, yeah, the, the whole build your list is definitely advice you run into quite a bit. Um, and for me, I just, you know, I really want to try to give anybody who's giving me any of their time, uh, you know, something of value, something that will entertain them with rent space. I've tried to make it. Uh, you know, a fairly short newsletter. I try to, you know, I don't take myself too seriously. The last one I did was uh, something about how it's really, really hard and in Ronan Digital Express to draw him holding the sword in a way that doesn't suggest it's his dick. <laughs> like it's a, <laughs> you know, he's like, if he's holding it at his side and it's just kind of, he's just kind of like in a profile like this and it's pointing out that way, it'll, it, right, looks right. Like it's his, it looks like his cock, right? So, right. So yeah, I had a, a just a, an issue of my newsletter that was dedicated to all the panels I had to throw in the garbage because I accidentally gave him, you know, a Katana dick. Uh, so yeah, I try to have fun like that. Um, I also do like, you know, not safe for work, you know, 18 plus kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Spidey and, you know, chasing a yeah, naked Mary Jane around the apartment, Christmas card kind of shit. Uh, I- so I'll put that, yeah I'll put that in there. Um... So yeah, it's just kind of a nice venue to, to kind of flex another side of, of you know my personality as a creator. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, the thing that I always just wanted to avoid was so many artists and, and comics, creator newsletters are just really, really long. And there's just a lot going on. And I'm like, nah, I just want to keep it short and sweet. One main thing, uh, hopefully entertain you a little bit and then you're out of here.
0: Got you. Now, um, I think I remember I, I was I was speaking with a friend of mine. Uh, this was back when I was on Instagram and I asked him, uh, what are the two things that within nerd culture and comics in general that are more than likely uh, push and elevate everybody to the next level? He was like, well, one is probably going to be fan fiction. Everybody coming up with their own stories based on their favorite characters. And then number two was NSFW work. On a lot yeah. of your favorite char- characters and storylines yeah. that are brought out there, because the avenue in which a lot of a lot of uh, creators generally want to go, but are more so like timid in order to do so, is the NSFW work. You know, and yeah. the thing is, if they want to showcase their their characters in a different light, and it's not really, I guess, it, I, not that it's like frowned upon upon in the indie community, you can go to Kickstarter. Sure. You can find comics that are just like that, yeah. but. But if if it's if it's another avenue for a current uh current storyline that they're propelling, be like, hey, look, I got it here, and here's yeah. my eight, here's my eighteen plus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, some of that stuff is so. Anybody who's kind of on the fence and is like, I don't know if there's an audience for what I'm doing. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes is I can't remember who exactly it is, but there there is a guy out there. I I saw his work there's a guy out there who makes some kind of a web comic that is just it's it's like gay dudes wearing diapers
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that's it may cmc but you know what it's comics get as weird as possible he makes like ten thousand dollars a month on this i'm sure
1: i'm sure i'm like uh, seriously there is an audience for everything everything like you just need to try to yeah, it might take you longer to find it than it took that guy or yeah. who knows maybe that guy worked for 10 years to find his audience we have no idea right, right. um but that should remove any fear that you might have that you know yeah. people aren't gonna like what i'm putting out there like you'll find someone
0: yeah because I'm, I'm looking at the stuff that dc's doing like in the next like uh, f- uh i think next four months So they're they're making a version of the Justice League called the Jurassic League, where they turn basically the entire Justice League into dinosaurs. And I'm like, get go ahead, get weird. And then they also have DC Mecha, where Mm -hmm. basically every DC character has their own mech robot. And I'm like, okay, I'm with it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, when when people are complaining about like, you know, YA stuff getting into comics, I'm like, so what? Like what did just so what yeah. like, do every, do anything and everything. everything that you can come up with. Yeah.
0: Right. So it, yeah. It, it, it's wild. Yeah. But I'm, an, I'm an artistic
1: I'm an artistic libertine. I'm just like, open the floodgates, let it go. Just everybody do whatever they want to do. do. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's right. how I feel about everything. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and, and that's exactly the attitude that you want to have when you're creating comics. You don't want to feel like you're in a cage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and some of those, I, to go back to the NSFW thing, um, some of those, especially the people who do the painting. Uh, yeah. Uh, like there's a, uh, Alexis Flower. I think it's Flower, not Flowers. Uh, Alexis Flower is probably one of the, if you just go to Twitter at Alexis Flower, make sure your wife is not hanging around, um, you know, or you're not doing it at work. But I mean, some of these, some of these people who, who paint this stuff are the best painters.
0: Best artists out there
1: you've ever seen like the Mm -hmm. amount of detail you're like yeah it blows my mind they're the and and like the tragedy i'm sure they they make you know they found their audience and they probably make a decent living via patreon or whatever but it's just if you're a comic book reader that just goes to like a comic shop or something like that um there's this whole world of like just elite level talent that you probably don't know anything about Mm -hmm. you know and that's so Yeah, it's great. It's great because it's out there to be discovered. But it's, yeah. it's sad that like there's just no there isn't more mainstream recognition for, for that talent.
0: Absolutely. Because it, it's, it's weird in this day and age, of course, with social media, you have all these comic loyalists and they they don't even look literally when that I think that Jurassic League came out. They were like, oh, my God, DC's fumbling the bag again. I'm like, yeah. if only you would open your brain. Yeah. And realize how talented these people are. Mm-hmm. The fact that they created Batman into a T-Rex, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just running around the entire time and it, how awesome that looks. Yeah. You might want to just just pay attention to it, at least for once.
1: Well, and a lot of these dummies who are going to get upset over like, you know, the next non-binary somebody who's writing X-Force or something like that. It's like it, you're the same guy who said Heath Ledger could never be Joker. Right. Right. And look how that turned out, that, yeah. that went great. So just yeah. give it a chance, give it a oh. chance.
0: I saw nobody complaining when Jack Nicholson became Joker and said, God, Cesar Romero is turning in his grave. Nobody said that.
1: <laughs> right,
0: yeah, um, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what 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 is next for you? What, what's coming up in 2020, aside from Ronan Digital Express?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got some Ronin, I've got enough Ronin Digital Express through, uh, I think, like mid-summer, or mm-hmm. early summer. So then I'll keep going for a little while. Um, I'm kind of putting things in place to start on uh, kind of my next thing. I'm going to do another sort of a self-contained um, sub-stack thing. Um, I can't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'm ready to talk too much about it yet, but it'll be kind of in the same playground has uh you know the sort of samurai kurosawa spaghetti western kind of stuff um so yeah more of that kind of stuff so i would just say um i'm, I'm gonna be busy through the, the rest of the year for sure i mean running digital express so far has actually opened up some pretty cool opportunities um so you know it'll be um There'll be there'll be stuff coming out through the next the end of the year and then you know I've, I've got some stuff lined up next as well so um, yeah I, I can't be I think I can be too much more specific than that except to just say uh, you know it's not over after this kind of runs its course and then you know with running digital express too I think that once the current iteration of it runs through I'm gonna catch my breath a little bit um, give it a break see uh, if it kind of has a loyal audience at that point and. You know, make some decisions about whether or not to to do more of that. So, uh, but yeah, I would say for the indefinite future, I'm going to be doing my own projects. I'll mostly be self-publishing them through Substack. Uh, so yeah, if anybody wants to to keep an eye on that, I'm I'm fairly easy to find um, at Renton Hockey on Twitter or Instagram are kind of the main two places. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter if you want kind of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, teasers about upcoming things. Um, I occasionally will do like random one off. I can talk about this. So a friend of mine and and I, um, we submitted a short comic to a horror anthology. Nice. Yeah, um, it's not well. They they turned us down. But, um, well, hang on, hang on. So okay. it was, so we, we submitted, but we kind of submitted to, we, we submitted the most offensive thing we could imagine to see if they would take it. Uh, mm-hmm. so the story is called full moon glory hole. And I was kind of, you can probably figure out uh, yeah. why they turned it down. Um, but I told him, I was like, I was like, whether they take it or not, we'll do it. And I'll ah. just put it, I'll put it out through the newsletter. So it's like a five page. It, it'll be, it'll be funny, but it'll be rough. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I'll do, I do stuff like that in the newsletter as I'll just, you know, little short comics here and there. If I have like a wild idea for a five-page short that doesn't go anywhere else, you know, I'll do it. It's just sort of an exclusive for the newsletter audience. So, um, so yeah, but yeah, if you find me on social media, my link tree will be in the bio and, you know, everything that, you know, Ronan Digital Express newsletter, all that stuff will be right there. So,
0: so yeah. Dope, dope. Hawkey, everybody. I appreciate you joining me this has been excellent. Uh, I definitely learned a lot about you and basically the appropriation of digital comics as it is for this day and age. So I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks for, for having me on. I really appreciate, um, you know, guys like you who, uh, have, um, your own platform and, uh, your willingness to share it with up and coming creators. Uh, you know, I just think that's, that's great. And I just, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for the opportunity and yeah, I had a great conversation.
0: Absolutely, man. So for James Graham, master facts, boys, rent and hockey, we are out.